How are you doing today? Everything's fine, man. How you been? I've been very good. I just wanted to say thank you for for joining me on this this Mavericks podcast. I'm I'm excited to talk to you about your experience in Dallas and about your basketball career. So you're currently in the United Arab Emirates, right? Yes, uh, perfect. Thanks, man, for reaching out. It's always nice uh, to bring some memories back from back in the days when I joined Dallas. So, you know, it's really, I, I love I, I love doing those things and just keep, uh, you know, reminding me and remind people who's interesting uh, how those things uh, was back in the days. So thanks, yeah. thanks for reaching out, man. Of course. So yeah, I guess I guess we can get started. One of the first things I wanted to ask you is, how did you start playing basketball? Um, I know you were born in in Split, Croatia. You know, at what age did you begin playing basketball? I mean, I was like uh, every single uh, European kid. Basketball wasn't the primary thing. You know, we all start uh, play football or how you say soccer, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I guess I grew up a little bit, so they kicked me out of the team when I was like maybe 12, 13. They told me either you're going to be playing defender or you're going to be goalkeeper. It's up to you. I was like, I, I don't want to be none of that. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I was like, okay, let me, let me try basketball. So a few of my friends, there was a, a basketball school just starting up when I was like uh, nine, uh, 93, so I was like 13, 14. Mm-hmm. And basically, a few of my friends, we went together and I fall in love with the sport, you know. And in the meantime, I grew more and seemed like, like a good idea at the time. That's really cool. So as I was doing some, some research on you, I, I saw that you went to high school uh, near Boston, up in Massachusetts. How, how did you end up playing in Boston? This was uh, actually a chain reaction because 98 year when I was drafted was a lockout season, if you remember. Yes, I remember. So I couldn't, I couldn't go to the Dallas directly and uh, me and my agent and, and, uh, and Donnie and Don, we, like, we all agree. For me at that time was a perfect timing to, to rent to the prep school in Winchendon and, and just uh, get to know the culture, get to know the language, and this was actually perfect for me in, in, in that four or five months while I was there. And interesting fact, you know, I think I'm the only one, you may do some research, but I think I'm the only one who played the high school season and NBA in the same year, <laughs> in the same season. <laughs> that, that's really interesting. I didn't even know that. I, I assumed you went to high school before you were drafted, but it sounds like you actually went after you were drafted. Actually, it was I was I was drafted I was drafted in a, in, in June and I joined a high school in in uh, September I guess September October. Then I went from October to I don't know I think maybe January February. Then I, I rejoined Dallas in the same same season. So it, it was kind of interesting in, in the same year to play high school and 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 the NBA. You know. Right. Wow. That's yeah. That's I did not know that. That's that's interesting how that worked out and actually kind of cool. That's you're probably very unique in that circumstance. So once you have finally arrived in Dallas, had you been to Texas or to Dallas before that? No, I haven't been uh, to the States at all. My first visit to the States was uh, pretty much the Massachusetts and the Winchester High School. You know, I haven't been to Dallas. I haven't been to the to the states or to the league or anything. So it was a it was a shock. It was you know a cultural shock. It was a basketball kind of shock. I can't 
kind of come early a little bit, but then, you know, we have to rewind why I, why I, why I uh, even come to the league at that point uh, anyway. So, you know, it was a reason because in my home, uh, home team, they forced me to sign a seven, eight year deal, which I refused. You know, at the moment, I was asking for a shorter period of contract. I didn't want to lock myself in for the long time. But the uh, mm-hmm. problem was, before I signed this contract, I was already drafted. And then it was a big mess at the moment. You know, club couldn't hold me. They forced me to sign it. I was with the national team. They kicked me out of the national team. It was a big mess, you know, at the moment. So that's, I went to the prep school get away from all this mess, you know, and, but originally it wasn't the idea to come to the States right away. I wasn't ready. You know, I wasn't ready with 18 uh, physically or mentally or whatever, but then kind of home team kind of pushed me away to, to, to make such a drastic decision, you know. So once you arrived in Dallas for your rookie year, that 1998-99 season, one of the other fellow rookies on your team was Dirk Nowitzki. Did the, any of the veterans on the team have you and Dirk do any sort of rookie initiation or did they play any funny pranks on, on the both of you as rookies? Yes, we, we come in together. Uh, Dirk was drafted in first round, 98. I was drafted in second round. So we, we joined the team together and kind of helped each other. We, we lived in the same complex. Mm-hmm. Nash, Dirk, and myself. So we kind of, we all come to the same team, uh, uh, to the same time at a team. Mm-hmm. You know, so we kind of all, me and Dirk was come from the different uh, type of playing basketball. So we was really helping each other, you know, in, in, in uh, this uh, process and stuff. You know, regarding rookie stuff, of course, the, the main uh, veteran <laughs> who was, you know, kind of not pranking us, they really want from you uh, respect to them, nothing else. If you listen, they will leave you alone. You know, problem is if you don't listen, then they will stay on your butt for the whole year. You know, but uh, I think the guy who g- give us kind of little problems was Cedric Sabalos at the time. You know, <laughs> you gotta bring us drinking coffee. You know, your paper gotta be the Krispy Kreme, no Dunkin' Donuts, which only was, one was like, I don't know, 30 minutes away, not even close to the gym. So, you know, me and Dirk figure out, I, I did like three days in a row, he did other three days and stuff like this, for maybe a month, month and a half, and then, when they, as soon as they figure out, Cedric or other guys, you listen to them, you respect them, Mm-hmm. To do those things, like carry my bag, rookie stuff like this, get me towel, get me. It's little stupid, little silly things. As long as you listen, they, they leave you alone. But then, you know, around uh, one month afterwards, you know, you know, they take care of you. You know, they show you, they they tell you, you know, the good, the bad things about the NBA. And all you gotta do in early, just listen and don't be knucklehead and just go your own way, and everything be fine. So it wasn't wasn't nothing uh, spectacular regarding that. Right. No, yeah, that's, thank you for sharing that. So one of the other former Mavericks that I just talked to earlier this week, he actually, he mentioned you on, on his interview saying that you guys hung out together while he was with the team. And that was Rick Hughes. Yes. I run into Rick Hughes. Oh my God. Now I get a rewind. Maybe I think in Spain or something 
in a, I play against him for no rhythm. I think, or maybe I come as his replacement at the time. I think it was in Spain in some team. And we, we always, uh, we talk about it at that time. We go to dinner, like how it was in Dallas, how we mm -hmm. spent some time. Rick is a great guy, very intelligent, uh, great basketball player. But then on, on the side of the basketball, he's doing very well also. You know, on my path, I, I cross path with some ex-Dallas ex, uh, players, you know. So they'll be always, you know, very, uh, we have a great time reminding ourselves at the time because it was like a family. It was first time for me. It was my first professional team, to be honest with you. I was 18. Mm -hmm. You know, all, all I can say to Don, to Donny, to, I don't know, at the moment I was uh, uh, with, uh, living with the Mamadou. He was scouted at a time, Gallo from Africa. We were living together at the time. So we all kind of take care of each other at the moment. It was like a family thing. Donny first told me, like, welcome to the family. So this is really... Uh, get me in earlier, like to feel comfortable to come to the team. He said, I know you're not ready. I mean, don't worry about it. You know, mm -hmm. we will try to make it to work it out and, and stuff like that. So that was really, really supportive from, from day one, you know, all management, you know, and then the, the Cuban come in and, and wasn't, he didn't really touch anything. You know, I remember uh, when he bought the team, he get us all players and like, Mike Finley was captain, and he asked us one thing. He was like, guys, uh, tell me what you need to do. I, I want to make this a championship team. If you want me to bring Phil Jackson, I will, feel, I will bring Phil Jackson. <laughs> wow. You know, that's what he said. He was, from, from day one when he walked in the Landry Center, you can see the passion in his eyes about the basketball. He was just a big basketball fan, put in position to be honored, but this, you know, you, you can dream about the honor like this, you know, any organization, any like player or GM or coaches, all, all, my, all uh, the Mike Finley did, he say, Mark, don't change anything. This is a good, good group of guys. Coaches understanding. We need a little bit more time. Please don't, don't make any changes. We will grow uh, as a team. We have a great potential. And he listened. He listened to, to him at this moment and, Matter of fact, 20 years later, Don is still there. You yeah. know, so this is show little loyalty. You know, matter of fact, I was with Dallas this summer for three weeks. I, I saw Donny last year in a, on, on a summer league uh, in Las Vegas. I was like, I want to come to the Dallas to see how you guys doing. I'm end of my career. He said, sure, you're welcome. Any, anything you need. So I spent this summer like a few weeks with Dallas, with the, with the new facility over there, spend some time with them. So it was a great thing, you know, to see familiar places. When I left, so many guys are still there. Dirk is still there. A few scouts are still there. Donnie is still there. So this is show the loyalty from the ownership. And, this is, and that's why they did what they did. They won championship after they took, they took them a few years, but they did. Yeah. He accomplished his goal as an owner to win championship. And, you know, this is the right way how it's supposed to work, you know, the organization like this. It's really cool how, how they still, you know, welcome you with open arms and, you know, it does sound like a big family. So thank you for, for sharing that with me. And I did see on your Instagram that, that you were in Dallas this past summer with Chad Lewis and he was a former, or is he still a Mavericks employee or is he no longer there? 
At the time, he was an athletic trainer. I contacted him. Uh, so, like I said, this group of guys was very special for me. I, I play in a, in a five NBA teams. Mm-hmm. I think closest thing to Dallas was, I think, maybe Indiana. Everything else was kind of a mess. Yeah. I spent two years in Indiana. Same kind of environment. You know, Reggie was running the, uh, running the show. Donnie Walsh as a GM. Uh, Isaiah was a coach. So, so, so kind of similar scenario as, as, as Dallas. Uh, Chad was uh, our uh, strength conditioning coach at the time. I contacted him. I spent with him maybe like a week, you know, together just talk about the Romani, how it was great at the time. And he said, I still uh, remind myself how I really was enjoying to working with all you guys. So, yes, I was with Chad for, uh, for, uh, for a few days while I was in Dallas. That's really nice. Um... Yeah, and then so I know you, you were in Dallas for two years, and I kind of wanted to talk to you about the the rest of your career in the NBA. And you mentioned that you were in Indiana, and you got to play with, with Reggie Miller, and I'm assuming uh, Jalen Rose. Man, O'Neal, another great group of guys, another great organization, you know. Reason I left Dallas like every other player. Yes, you get to the NBA, you get your goal, but but mm-hmm. then you want to play. You want to be part of the show on the court. And, right. and that being so young, being so inexperienced, it's uh, that puts you in a very hard position. You know. So that's you know. Then before I left Dallas, you know, they talked to me like, if you want to stay here, you can stay here. I was like, okay, I will stay here. But guys, I want to play. If you can guarantee me. I will play, but of course, nobody can guarantee you nothing. You will get on the, f- or get on the floor at a moment if you cannot uh, produce right away, if you cannot uh, carry, you know, the team, you know, stuff like this. And on my position was Dirk, so he was struggling at the moment. He needed to be pushed a little bit, which I completely understand. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt I need a change scenario. Hopefully, I will get some burn. So there was no really other reason why I left Dallas other than I just want to get uh, get on a plane time nothing nothing really else you know so right okay uh, and then I was looking at some of the other teams that you played for and I mean you played with some really really fantastic players you know in addition to Dirk Nowitzki Michael Finley Steve Nash you played with Reggie Miller like we mentioned and then in Boston you got to play with Paul Pierce you were with Walker yeah yeah, and Antoine Walker. What was your experience in Boston like? You know, being such a uh, a legendary NBA city, did did you enjoy your time with Boston? I know you said you kind of had more of a family environment in Dallas and Indiana, but what was your Boston experience like? Again, I cannot say nothing bad against uh, Boston either. You know, but it was uh, in beginning. You know, all the situation, even Indiana in the beginning, you know, they promise you you will play, and then preseason they put you in the game, you get some burn and stuff mm-hmm. like this. You know, but then when the season goes, if you, if you hit a losing streak, something like this, uh, rotation change. And, you know, my second year in Indiana, I was really frustrating. I really want to get in the session rotation, get to play constantly 10, 15 minutes. I wasn't asking for nothing more than this. And this didn't happen, and I, and I, and I changed again to the Boston. And then in the beginning, in preseason in Boston, I was playing a lot. I think Antoine Walker was uh, injured at the time, so I was playing in the fourth spot. So I was kind of feeling uh, comfortable. Jim O'Brien brought me there. He's like, I need you to be backup uh, Antoine. 
Mm-hmm. And then in preseason, I play later on. Same thing, you know, you lose a few games, you know, they, they go other way. And then again, you find yourself on the end of the bench, and which it's not fun at all as your basketball player. So what I remember for the Boston and Indiana, also leadership from those two guys in, 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 a, in a Dallas was definitely Mike Finley. Dirk was still young. Yes, he uh, was. Steve Nash. Steve Nash was a point guard, but he was new to the team, so he, so you, you didn't hear his voice as much as later on in the years. But Indiana, first day you come in, you can see Reggie is the boss. Mm-hmm. You know, he running the show. Uh, Isaiah was a coach many times, two or three times a year. Like, Isaiah want to give us a day off, and Reggie was like, no, 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 no day off. I'm getting practice and stuff like this. We will come to the gym and say, guys, I think we, we may do a day off. Reggie was like, no, coaches, go prepare for the next game. I'm going to lead the practice. Reggie did this two, three times a year, and he showed the leadership and coaching, managing staff. They respect this. Mm-hmm. So I, this was a definitely a new experience. But as, as a captain of the team player, kick the coaches out of the court, and he lead the practice. They totally respect this. And, and, and team was playing well. We played the playoffs and stuff like this. And, and, and they show really uh, respect back because Reggie was the hardest working guy there. He come first, leading last. So you cannot really tell him nothing. He wasn't using situation. So he, he was really want to win. And he want his team to play well. You know, Boston was the same, same situation. Uh, Paul Pierce was a leader. Him and Antoine kind of together. But uh, probably Reggie and, and Paul and Mike Finley, they're like three hardest working guys, examples in the teams I played for. You know, you know those teams, and there is no uh, accident that those teams, they play well. You know, and the later on, Dallas showed the, the great potential. You know, at the moment, Indiana was a year before they played finals. So Boston, we go to second round playoffs. So this, you can see from the veterans, you can see from day one, this is a winning team, you know. Yeah. And then compare, comparing to other two things, then I go to New York, it was a big mess. <laughs> you know, like you don't know who's who there. Yeah. So, but then you can see the team is not winning. You know, it's, it's very, very obvious, those things. Mm-hmm. Did your relationship with Isaiah, is that, is that how you ended up in New York because of your, your stint in Indiana? Yes, uh, definitely. In, uh, Isaiah was my coach in Indiana for two years. And uh, when they changed him in Indiana, he, he took the GM spot in New York right away. Okay. No, but then I supposed to stay in Europe. I was kind of frustrated, not playing, no stuff yeah. like this. I want to get back, you know, I was like, I don't know, 23, 22, 23. I, I want to get on the floor. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a fun fact, I already had a contract. I was supposed to go to play to Germany. Like in the morning, they say, everything is done. You're going to sign a contract when you get there. Next thing, at midnight, Isaiah called. I was like, Bruno, you have a team? I was like, nope. He's like, I want you in New York. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, coach, man, I left. There, I wanted to play. No, 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 we will get you. We will try to get you burned, blah, blah, blah. I, I still do have a great relationship with Isaiah. But again, yeah. New York situation was so much pressure. I, I never experienced so much negativity around the team. Uh, and I expect them to win right away. It's so like un- uncomfortable. 
situation to work in as a basketball, anybody, player, GM, or I don't know. It's so, so much people, so many things around, they're disturbing the team. It's, you know, you know no, 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 no wonder why they still didn't make any sound in the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years. They've really done kind of anything, you know. But you yeah. can see this from the beginning. Like a good organization, good, uh, good vibe on a team, but then, you know, you see that other part of, of, of the medal also. Mm-hmm. I can also see that in the 2003-2004 season, you also played four games with the Cleveland Cavaliers. What was it like playing in Cleveland with a rookie LeBron James? He was ready for the league, very down-to-earth mm-hmm. young man. You know, very down to it from day one. He just, guys, I'm here to win. You know, let's 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 do this. And Paul Silas was coach, if I remember good. He was like, son, there's a ball, have fun. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so this how yeah. pretty much all started. You know, and then LeBron grow into what he grow. Mm-hmm. You know, but from day one, you can see. He, he was a leader. Even as 18 years old, you know, he was a leader on the floor and off the floor. You can see this from, from, from a get So it was, again, a great experience for me to see something like this. But then, my personally, I wasn't satisfied. So, yeah. I, so I, went to, I, I went back to Europe. Yeah, that's completely understandable. And that's actually, I think that's kind of similar, something to what Rick was saying when I talked to him. He spoke of wanting to go somewhere where he would actually get to play more and just play in front of big crowds and just, you know, play the game that he loves. So it sounds like you made the right decision for you. And the reason I say that is because I just, I've been looking over your career and I mean, you've been a professional for close to 20 years and playing in so many countries. And I can see some of them listed right here, Israel, Belgium, Spain, Latvia, Ukraine, Greece, Hungary, Philippines and Bulgaria are just some of them. What is it like just playing in in so many countries when you have a family? Because I mean, I I can see some of the pictures on your Instagram with with your kids. Is, is it hard moving around so much while while still having a, a family a, a, as a professional basketball player? Extremely difficult. Extremely difficult. I mean, uh, it's cool until the kids come up. Yeah, you know when when the kids uh, come along. When the kids come along, it's 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 a different ball game, you know. And 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 the reason, believe me, I didn't want to change as much. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but you know, you always look, you know, at at the time. And I go back to the the Europe. They were just right before the recession, and and you know, we we spend uh, I spent a full year in Spain. <clears throat> it was a great experience for me and stuff like this. But then uh, you always constantly. Look Looking for a place under the sun, mm-hmm. you know, but then another side, you don't want to work for free either. This is a deal. This is an, another part of the game you have to deal in Europe. NBA mm-hmm. doesn't have those problems. You know, you constantly you not focus on basketball. You focus on get to the next paycheck, or when you play for three four months, you don't get paid. You, you know, you're not focusing on the next game. Mm-hmm. You know, they owe you like a three months paycheck. Your mind is somewhere else. So, so I was facing the, the other stuff beside of the basketball. So that's, that was maybe the reason of, of moving uh, so much. But for the family, extremely hard. I remember the trip coming back from Philippines. 
uh, time as we get into the plane, into the airport, not the plane. Like we step in, into the airport with two small kids returning to Croatia. They took us 30 hours. They took wow. us 30 hours with my son was uh, one year old. Daughter was three. Just get a picture. And another side, flight left at midnight. So you wake oh. all day. You wake all day getting ready for the trip and your trip of 30 hours starting at midnight. It was a nightmare. Yeah. It was completely, so this was just one example mm-hmm. of traveling, changing as much. And, and it's so, so hard, you know, for, for, for me to, to stay focused to, and for the kids to travel around, uh, around so much. Mm-hmm. My daughter changed, I don't know, 15 kindergarten school altogether. Oh, you know, yeah. uh, kids doesn't know any better. They think it's supposed to be like this. This is not normal. You know, they, they, some people change once or twice. She changed, I think, 15 schools up to she's like 10 now. You know, it's, it, it was extremely difficult to, to, to family to function mm-hmm. this way. So that's why I pretty much I moved kind of to, the, to the Dubai, to, to this area here, kind of wanted to live here, you know, after Philippines. I moved to Dubai and we like the area. I put the kids to the school here, but then you face another thing. They're not so professional here, mm-hmm. you know. So it's not not a different ball game, you know. Then I have then I play half play one uh, half a season in Dubai. Then I go back to the Bulgaria, and then my wife was here alone, facing two two kids in the Muslim country. It 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 was a Big, big roller coaster, I can say, and it wasn't easy at all, you know, to, to, to change as much, you know, whatever. It's like big benefits you have playing in all this. If you're single, it's cool. If you have a yeah. girlfriend, it's cool. But if you have family, it's so hard. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. So are you still an active player or are you still, are you officially retired from your playing career now? Currently, I'm in between. Uh, last year, I played here, uh, and I was thinking about the stop, you know, at the summer. But then the same coach who was with me called me back. I was like, come on, come here. He changed the team. So I am currently kind of playing, but think I'm done. I think yeah. uh, this is not going to work uh, no more. Maybe if something good situation come up. But only like this. I will not just go like, okay, I want to just finish season. So I was kind of focusing, maybe uh, start coaching or start maybe join one of the teams for the scouting from the league, stuff like this. So I'm looking uh, for, for transition, you know. Mm-hmm. This, at the moment, it, it happened just, but it will be the short, short time. I don't think I will, I will, I will end up uh, playing here the whole season, you know. Right. I think I just kind of want to end our talk with uh, just a few short questions about your about your playing career. Uh, I really appreciate you you taking the time to to talk with me today. the The first question I have is just as a as a Dallas Maverick, what what was your favorite memory about your time in Dallas? Favorite memory of the time it's how team as a team hang out together. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't seen this. Maybe Indiana we did the same thing, but. How really like, but it all starts from coaching, from from managing stuff. Uh, Don always invite us minimum once per month at his house, just to this team building, 
kind of things beside of the basketball, they really do those things, you know. And, and this was really a great example for me for the, for the future, how organization should work. So it was all from, from coaches, how they, it's not like everybody go their own way. You know, when you're on a road trip, always two, three guys, four guys go together. Many times we go the whole team. If you go out, everybody go out. You know, if you stay yeah. in hotel, everybody stay in hotel. You know, like uh, Indiana was kind of similar. But this was a great example for me in, in right in the beginning how things should work. It's not just a basketball court. We have to hang out off the court, which we did a lot in Dallas. So that was definitely my uh, great time, especially like me, Derek, and Steve was living in the same compound. Yeah. So it was really spending time and, 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 and really like uh, staying on the coach's asses because we used to like twice a day practice. I remember Kiki Wanderwey was there as assistant coach. You know, like they all nicknamed him, uh, nicknamed him like Kiki 24-7 because he was me, Derek, and Steve. Me, Derek, and Steve was coming up at the evening of practice because practice is 11, finish up 1 o'clock, you home at 1, 2. What are you going to do for the rest of the day? So he was coming back to the gym around 6 or 7, 7 uh, p.m., do extra stuff, do extra work. With Chad Lewis was there all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kiki was there all the time. So we was kind of, you know, in the beginning because we're not used to once per day. We're young. We have so much energy. So he was constantly doing, putting some extra work at a time, you know. So, but Dallas was definitely guidance, you know, for me for the future. And I have really great memories while I was there. I'm glad you enjoyed your time here so much. I think my final question is, you played with some really amazing shooters in, in Dirk Nowitzki, Steve Nash, Paul Pierce, Reggie Miller, Alan Houston. Who was the best shooter, in your opinion, out of, out of all those guys that you played with? Or, or was it someone overseas that you played with that your your best shooter? No, no, no. I, I, will, I will tell you right away. Uh, definitely those guys, they're up there. But who really stand up, you know, uh, I'm talking about, like, you know, many many times we did uh, 100 makes or 100 shots who make more. Uh-huh. Many teams do, do this drill. And uh, many guys, they're around 70, 80 makes, stuff like this. Only guy I ever seen, the best shooter, it was in Cleveland, Jason Capono. Ah, like, okay. I didn't even think about him. Yeah, he was an incredible shooter. He wasn't, at, at the moment, he wasn't playing much, but, but regarding uh, this particular drill, we did many times, like 52s, 53s. He was always above 90. 95, wow. 97, few times 100. I was like, oh my God, how is this possible? <laughs> he never shoot this. He never shoot drill like 100, uh, 100 shots. He never shoot like under 90 makes. This is unbelievable. Okay, wow. nobody's there to play shooting, but you try one time. It's extremely hard. Uh, uh, one or two out of 10, you're always going to miss. Yeah. You know, and especially three point is far away. He constantly shoot over 95. I was like, this, he really stand out. But then, you know, on game time, it's, it's a different uh, situation. Uh, you know, Reggie was there. Alan Houston was kind of injury at the time. So I wasn't, you know, uh, see him live performing as, as a much shooter. But you can see from the beginning, Burke was one of them. 
Reggie was, you know, he was doing his thing at, at, at the moment, uh, too. Paul Pierce was kind of all around. He wasn't the plane shooter. He was really like the contact go all the way. Yeah. He, he takes lots of beating in his game. He was more of a – he could kind of do a little bit of everything. I think later in his career he became more a better shooter than, than at the time that you played with him. Exactly, exactly. But you can see uh, Reggie pro- – what I really get from Reggie's professionalism and, and those little uh, superstition things he has, you know, later on, I find myself doing kind of same things. They get you a little routine, you know, like to the gym, he always walk in one way, exit in the second way. Or if he lose a game, he throws the shoes away. Uh, playoff games is always in black socks. Uh, little, little things like this. Reggie was really into those, into those stuff, which you know he think at the moment, you know, that, that will get him going. That will get him like you know, good luck, bad luck. And uh, many of those guys, they function like this. You have to get your routine and 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 stuff like this. Otherwise, season is so long, you will go so much up and down. You will lose your path easily. They keep you uh, on a, on an edge like uh, to to compete on on a very high level yeah um well that's fun yeah that i never would have thought that it would be jason capono but i could see that i know he won a couple of those all-star three-point contests so he was he was a great shooter my last question is do you have any plans to come back to dallas to watch dirk play one more time before he retires i probably will i probably will uh before the season end i don't know if Dallas is going to make the playoffs or not, but uh, probably I will give my best uh, to come maybe end of the season to to to, to watch him play because we, we all started there in 98, so it yeah. was a long time ago. And I, I'm glad I see him. I watched a game other day, a little highlights. He's still doing it. He's still there. He's, you know, mm-hmm. it's amazing. It's amazing what discipline. Derek, it's another guy who was from day one uh, with the discipline uh, and, and routines. You know, I don't know if Holger is still there, his German coach. He always uh, bring him uh, mm-hmm. with him two times a year he come. But he get into routines, and, and, and I know that Dirk in off-season do many other sports which really keep him, keep him vegetable, keep him to be the big man who can do what he's been doing. He's not just shooting. He has great ball handling and stuff like this for the same footer. It's amazing what can he do with the basketball. Yeah, it is. I'll definitely I'll miss him when he's gone. So I hope you do get the chance to come see him. And if you do come, let me know. I go to a lot of games and – Maybe if you do come, maybe we can meet up at halftime. It'd be cool to, to meet you in person and maybe take a picture and, you know, post it on my account. If you don't mind, I think that would, that would be kind of fun. Sure, sure, man. For sure, I'll hit you up before they come uh, to Dallas. But if not the regular season in the summer, I will come again for a week or two. Then we're going to see each other for sure. Yeah. That's- you know, I'm, I'm planning to come back to the Dallas again uh, next summer. So, but uh, if it happened before, I will definitely let you know. Thanks, Bruno. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for for meeting with me today and being so responsive on Instagram. It's been a lot of fun connecting with former Mavericks. And so I'll shoot you a message once I get this this interview online. And you can also, all my previous interviews are also on iTunes. So if you want to listen to any of your former teammates, those are on there. So far, I have uh, Rick Hughes and Chris Anstey. and And next week, I'll be with Eric Strickland.
Oh, I have great memories with Eric, Eric also. He came to the team at the same time. He's another ex example of hard working. I think he, he make a team to the, to the summer league. And he's just another example of the hard working guy making to the NBA, you know, make a living out of it. But I have a great, another great experience with Eric. But like I told you, Dallas was a family from day one. Everybody yeah. was on the same page. Team was winning, but at the moment, but you can see uh, they're on the right path. It will become what they become later on. It's so obvious. Yeah, I, I agree. Those teams that you were on, you know, they weren't always successful, but they had successful moments, and you could tell that they were headed in the right direction. Exactly. You can see from, yeah. from beginning. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for sharing your, your experience in Dallas and your experience in the NBA. It's been a lot of fun. And I, I hope that as your career winds down, you know, you get to just enjoy your post-basketball life with your family. It sounds like that's something that you're really looking forward to. Exactly. I mean... Thank you for reaching out in the first place. It, it's always a pleasure for me to, to, to have a, a basketball conversation. I'm always, you know, if somebody stops me on the street, I, I, can, I can talk. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, because this is what I, what I love to do. This is what I, I've been doing for all, all my life, mm -hmm. you know, and, I, and, and stuff like that. But thank you, thank you for, for reaching out. And, and, and uh, hopefully we will meet in person and, and talk some more. Yeah. And, and stuff like this. But, I, I do want to stay in a basketball. I don't, I don't consider me stop playing, uh, exclude myself from a sport. I do want to one day become a coach, you mm -hmm. know. So I, I definitely want to. This is the biggest issue, you know, with my wife. She's like, if you, if you become a coach, I will probably divorce you because I hate this mess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I remember this, but it's, it's, it's sometimes not easy, you know, to understand uh, the, the, the path of, of, uh, of a sportsman, of the basketball player. You know, it's not easy to start to do something else. You've been doing this for 20 plus years and then all of a sudden now I want to do something else. Yes, I miss my family and, and all this stuff, but have to be huge understanding from both sides, you know, which is not easy many times. Right. Well, I wish you the best of luck. And like I said, I will, I will let you know once this interview is, is online. So thanks again, Bruno. Have a, have a great end of the week and a great weekend. Great. Thank, thank you, Mike, for reaching out and uh, stay in touch, man. Okay? Take I will. Care. I will. Thanks, Bruno. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.